Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't forget to check out Drunk Women Solving Crime on social media. You can find them on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime, where they are doing some regular Instagram live quizzes. Join them for the next one on Tuesday, the 21st of April at 8 pm. Drunk Women Solving Crime. Drunk Women. Drunk Women. This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... It must be such a culture shock to come from America where everyone is super nice to you to come to our two-bit island where everyone's a gun. <laughs> Can you get athlete's vagina? Because I think something else is up. <laughs> That's called thrush. <laughs> <laughs> Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Hello and welcome to the very first remotely recorded Drunk Women Solving Crime. Oh wait, I didn't make a noise with clapping. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be seamless, guys. That's a nice segue. I am here unusually with only 
my sidekick detectives, Katie. Hello, Katie. Hi. And Hannah. Hello. Hi. So I know it's a bit strange. We haven't got a guest, but we thought, I mean, look, we got, we're tech wizards, right? Like there's no doubt about that. But as we get our heads around this, um, I think Katie called it a, what did you call this, Katie? Brave new world. It's a brave new world. We thought it'd be nice to get all cozy with just the three of us and have an episode. Um, what I don't like, go. what I don't like about this though, is I can literally see how much of the bottle of wine I've drunk. So, <laughs> you know, when we're together, I'm like, oh my God, the guest had some, Amanda had some, Taylor had some. And now I'm like, oh bitch, you've drank three quarters of a bottle of wine already. <laughs> but also, what can I just say? What I do like about this is I can see all of you at once. And Taylor just did a spit take when Hannah said that. <laughs> What's a spit take? You know, like she was like drinking and you made her oh. laugh. <laughs> I did. So we can Aww. see each other as well. That's the thing that we should tell you. You'll be listening, but we can see each other on the video. Um, yes. So I can see when Taylor rolls her eyes at me. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> but what they can't see is that I'm not wearing a bra or pants because why the fuck would I? Uh, I've got a bra on. You oh, do. A sexy yeah. bra, Katie was telling us earlier. Yeah. It turns out it's, it's, just, just, mm. it's just black, it makes it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't got dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's not my PE bra. <laughs> So you know I've realised as well from this uh, self-isolation thing is that I've given myself athlete's foot, but wearing <gasps> slippers all day. Oh, wow. Like, that doesn't make sense, does it? That, that is not the, the footwear of an athlete. It's kind of impressive. Oh, it kind of makes perfect sense. Yeah, because it's all, yeah, you're holding everything in. It's sweaty. I get it. Yeah, it could be a stress related. um, Well, no, it's just, it's fungus that grows from hot, warm places. You don't have to be, you don't have to be an athlete, Hannah. Don't worry, you you deserve it. (laughs) Can you get athlete's vagina? Because I think something else is up. That's (laughs) called thrush. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally the same fungus, I think. It is. It's all all candidia, candidia, candidia. I call it candida. You guys know a lot about thrush. (laughs) Oh, Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) So funny, our producer was like, let's keep it snappy tonight. Let's make this 40 minute episode. And we're already on thrush. We very nearly named our daughter Candida, but we should. (laughs) Right. I wanted to say quickly, um, some of you guys have really, really kindly asked if we have Patreon because you wanted to support us. And that's so, so sweet. We do not. um, But the best way you can support us is just keep listening. Let's all (laughs) stick together during this time. And if you haven't yet, you know, just give us a review or spread the word about us. That's the nicest thing you can do. Thank you so much for all the support that you've shown. And one more thing, we could use some more listener crimes. So please message us, whether it's on the socials or send us an email, we could use more of your crimes to solve. So thank you. Without further ado, it's time to ask you guys, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Weird. (laughs) <laughs> this is very odd, Katie. Oh, you want to start with me? Sure. Go for it. Okay. The one that I have selected to talk about is like, couldn't be more mundane because I have elected to forego all the penis crimes because um. we're saturated, you know, sadly. So I'm not going to talk about the guy that wanked at me on the tube. Although I do have mm. a great stand-up routine about that, which I never do now. That's um, how you met your husband, right? 
<laughs> it's so weird. We just fell in love. <laughs> I guess that's one of the few good things about this pandemic is there's a lot less sexual harassment on public transport presumably. Do you know what? I was literally the other day, I was thinking this must be hard on the muggers with less people on the streets. This must be hard on the flashers with less people to flash. What are they going to do? Unless all the flashers all along were all like doctors and surgeons. In which case, oh, in which case they are fine. <laughs> They're absolutely fine because they can just harass the bravest people in the whole world. You guys, I've been, I've been called out of flashing to go back to the front line. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I'm going to step up. Right. So, Katie, I'm excited. What is this totally mundane crime? Okay. This mundane crime is called Katie Wilkins is a Dick. And when I shouldn't have named it that I've reached the level of drunkenness where I'm just like quite apologetic. I'm sorry, this is not snappy. So basically I went, when I was a student, I went to Cafe Nero in Norwich and I bought a sandwich and a coffee and I carried, I put my wallet down on my tray and I carried it over to my table and I left my wallet on my tray And then when I went, I ate my sandwich, I drank my coffee. When I went to put my wallet back in my bag, my wallet was not on the tray. (gasps) Oh, my God. Do you think somebody took it, Katie? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Thank you. What a twist. Thank you for injecting this jeopardy into into my crime. Um, Yeah. I didn't see it coming because I was 19 and a prick. Yeah. Oh, you're not a prick. You were 19. I was 19 and I had 40 pounds in that wallet. Oh, no, that's a lot. Hannah, Mm. have you ever been victim of a crime? Now, by the way, if you did our Instagram live evening, you may have already heard these stories. Mm. Um, Lucky, lucky you. Well, my- I don't know if Hannah, if you're going to tell the same one, but yeah, mine is that I wasn't really victim of a crime, but um, it was a crime-related thing that uh, sort of made me laugh. So a few Christmases ago, um, we were all sat around the Christmas table, and my dad Ooh. said, um, "Oh, well, for some reason, we were talking about a, a flat we lived in in London uh, in the '90s when we were kids." <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? Just that Katie whooped it. You were sitting around the table at Christmas. Ooh. I mean, these days, that's quite an exciting thing. Like, imagine seeing your family. I mean, it's so sad. (laughs) Um, We were sat, yeah, in the the halcyon days of about five years ago at Christmas. And, um, And we were talking about this flat that we lived in in London. And we were like, oh, that was a nice flat. And my dad was like, oh, no, it wasn't. And we were like, what do you mean by that? And he said, oh, yeah, I just realized I've, I never told you this. So we never told my mum at the time. But um, when we first moved in, uh, he went around to the next door neighbours to just say, what was the chap like before us, before we moved in? Um, and the next door neighbours said, um, oh, yeah, we had a bit of a bit of trouble with him. And that's all she said. Turns out, serial killer. He was a serial killer that had lived there before us. This is literally an episode of Inside Number Nine. And like, was there someone in your bathtub? What is going on? I know this is the thing, like, because I'm not entirely sure who it was. So it was in like North London in about um, 1992 or something. And I'm not sure if my dad even knew quite who he was. Oh, Um, that'll be Jim. That was Jim. (laughs) Jim is a piece of work. So did the murders take place in the flat? 
Well, this is the thing that I don't know. And this is the thing that I think one of the reasons why he didn't tell my mum, because it's like it was a cheap <laughs> flat. And um, yeah. yeah. Hey, your three children are safe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, would you now, if there was a cheap flat in London, but you knew that a serial killer had lived there, would you do it? Oh my God, I would move in with a serial killer if I could get a cheap flat. I mean, the thing is, yeah, <laughs> London. London rules now are different to how they were in 92. <laughs> how do you mean? Oh, because, yeah, like Taylor said, anything goes fucking hell. Like, if you can get a reduction on the price, but you're in fucking <laughs> London, like, no one can afford to live in London, even with subsidies. It's a fucked up, like... That's how but- bad it is. I would ask questions. I'd be like, well, what kind of serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing as well. Um, so Dennis Nielsen, who was a guy who was quite a notorious serial killer who killed a lot of blokes and he chopped them up and flushed them down his toilet. And the only reason that he got um, uh, caught was because of the plumbing in his flat, which was in Muswell Hill. Yeah. And so a flat went on went for sale. I think it was last year in Muswell Hill. Wow. And um, it was the flat, the flat that he'd flushed like body parts uh-huh. down. Yeah. And, uh, and so I looked at the right move thing because it kind of went round. <laughs> and at the bottom of right move, it just said that customers are advised to research the history of the. <gasps> wow. What it said. I mean, like, also, it's like surely sometimes like- it's a wrong move. But also, it's, it's like new so, toilet, right? It's not the toilet he sat on pooping on while flushing people. It's like, he's got a new bowl in there. That's not... That's not I don't think it's specifically about the toilet. I know, but still. They changed the bowl, right? <laughs> I will tell mine very quickly. It feels so weird that we... We've never repeated anything, and it's only because we only had a handful of people on Instagram. <laughs> but it feels weird telling this story again, but here goes. Um, when I first moved here, my friend and I just had this evening where we were really homesick and in that really snobby way that Americans really excel at when they move abroad. I've now learned, like, we're just the biggest assholes. And we're like, I miss customer service and giant oh washing machines. But you know what? If I had moved from America to the UK, I would also miss those things. Fucking hell. It's hard, it, it's everyone, hard when you're used to them. Everyone <laughs> yeah. is so rude in the UK compared to America. And your machine, your washing machines are huge. I yeah. totally oh, get they, it. Thank you. Thank you for the empathy. So we got like quickly depressed. Um, <laughs> didn't know what we were doing. So we did the worst thing you can do to quell a bit of homesickness for America. We're like, let's go to fucking McDonald's. We're like, yeah, we will. Aww. So we went to Mackey D's. We had tickets to go see a film, which we'll talk about later. And to just make ourselves bigger assholes while we were eating our Big Macs, we decided to sing an old Big Mac jingle, which went to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. And alleged- <laughs> somebody told me, somebody who remembered that jingle said if you sang it fast enough at a restaurant, you got a Big Mac free. And I don't know if that's true, but I would love to just go and try it now with oh, no yeah. explanation. You know to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions. It sets me spun. <laughs> you um, know that was never true, Taylor. Someone was winding you the it, fuck up. <laughs> was, it's April yeah, they're like, oh, by the way, you guys, as we record this, it's April Fools tomorrow. Ooh. Oh, it is. God, I hate April Fools. That's a different podcast. I hate April Fools with Taylor Glenn. Oh yeah. <laughs> I no. I no, Katie, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sorry. 
So I now know that while we were making fools of ourselves singing this old jingle or being awesome, depending on how you look at it, somebody was stealing my phone. And what's funny is they created a diversion, but they really didn't need to. Like (laughs) they were doing this. Like I sort of vaguely clocked that people were like bumping into each other to my left, but I was so into my jingle. Like they could have stolen anything. So I discovered this. I was furious. And it was a cheap ass. Like it wasn't, we, we didn't even have smartphones yet. Like it was just a was cheap like Nokia. A burner, like in the wire. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It was my burner phone. Because <laughs> you're from America, where the wire is from. <laughs> I love I love that the way that you tried to quell your kind of homesickness was to go to McDonald's. But actually what they took away from you was the phone numbers of all your friends and family and the way to contact them. <laughs> it's just like, oh, fucking hell. I was a nanny at the time. I was um, working for this really lovely family who had twin babies. And I had all these beautiful photos of the babies on my phone. And that's what I was the most upset about. Aww. Like I remember that to this day. I was just like, oh, I didn't have any backups. And I'm like, still upset. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear my dog shaking the tail? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I know. hope it was your dog. Or was it that black bra coming off? <laughs> So, anyway. See, that's how I know this bra can't be that sexy because it's quite comfy. (laughs) The end of my story winds up, and look, I try not to blame the victim, but if it's me, fuck it. Like, I deserved it. I got diarrhea from the food. So we went to the movie anyway, but I had the shits. And the movie was Napoleon Dynamite, which is one of my my favorites. Sorry. Nobody in the cinema liked it. And I was so upset because wow. I'm already like that with British culture and everyone in the cinema was like heckling the film. They're like, oh, this is rubbish. What is this? And I was like, you don't understand. Oh, my God. I know. It was a bad night. That is I, such I loved that film, but I didn't see it in a cinema because I wasn't cool like you. <laughs> with the shits from yeah. Big Macs and no phone? I'm not no. cool enough to have the shits. You, you had butt done right? right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but dynamite. Tina, you fat lord. Anyway, um, we're all fine now. It, it was the crime that made me. I'm a different person now. I'm so I don't sorry. Eat at McDonald's. I'm so sorry that my country was such a dick to you. You're oh, more you're talking so about not liking Napoleon Dynamite, though, aren't you? Rather than stealing her phone and giving her diarrhea. <laughs> no, I'm talking about everything. Like, it must be such a culture shock to come from America where everyone is super nice to you to come to our two-bit island where everyone's a cunt. <laughs> Katie has given it some tonight. Wow. <laughs> but then I've gone to like, when I, I've spent a lot of time in America and I've spoken to my yeah. auntie's friends and they're, they're yeah. all obsessed with Princess Diana and Hobnob Biscuits and Marmite and Abfab. And they Mr. have Bean. almost all of them and in they, my flat right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, they say to me like, because they go, oh, I went to, I went to England and it was amazing. I'd be like, did you not find the people really rude compared to customer service in America? And they would say no, because in America, everyone is fake. Like it's fake customer service. They want a tip. They're being nice to you to get a tip. At least in Mm. Britain, it's honest. (laughs) (laughs) It is a lot more honest. And I don't know, I could bang on about this forever, but um, I'm so used to it here that it's too much for me when I go back. Like the customer service, I find it way too much. 
Oh, it's just too attentive. I'm like, I don't need any more water. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's really in your face too. Like there's just stuff I never noticed. Like I'll go back Ah. and people will be like, yeah, so how much do you pay for your apartment in London? People are just really brazen about stuff. People my age will still ask a question that no one does here. And I never realized how dick it is. They're like, Hey, what college did you go to? What college did you go to? And it's how, it's how some people like rank each other. I'm like, we are adults. The hierarchy. Yeah. 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 Right. It's amazing. Anyway, guys, are you ready to solve some true crime? Yes. Yes, please. Let's do it. This True crime involves the last fatal duel to take place in a certain country. Ooh. I just realized, because um, we're talking about culture, that I say fatal duel, but you guys must say it in a much nicer way. Can we get the British pronunciation? Fatal duel. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Hannah. Done us proud. <laughs> Spot on. That was Manchester, guys. Um, Is it jewel? Jewel. We'd say jewel. Like jewel, a, yeah. Jewel. yeah. That's what Taylor said. That's not different. Fatal duel. I think that's a little different. Oh, fatal New duel. York okay. Fatal duel. So my first question, this is the last fatal duel to take place in a certain country. What year do we think this is? Okay, so I gotta tell you, I'm picturing Dog Tanyon. And yes, I mean Dog Tanyon the cartoon. Not the <laughs> the original guy that wrote it during the thing, the guy, the you know the guy. <laughs> Was that one of the three musketeers or have I gone mad? Yeah, the musketeers. But okay. the guy, Alexander, no. Oh, what was his name? He was like French, but he was like... Katie, oh. I'm going to need a year. <laughs> <laughs> if we were sat next to each other, she would have just squeezed your leg by now to just say, oh, no. come on. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, God. I'm like, this is how drunk I am because... I really know who this guy is and he's like um, like mixed race and he gets quoted in loads of stuff. I want to say Alexander Damas, but that can't be his name. So what year is this, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go, um, let's say 1800. It's not. 1800? Uh-huh. Okay. We got there. We we circled back to it. I have to say circled back because we're in a conference call. Hannah, <laughs> this is our first question. Okay, okay. Please say a number. Well, you see, I'm I'm an optimist as well. So I think that, you know, although it was the last fatal duel in a country, I still think there might be more to come because we don't have enough duels these days. Oh, it can uh, be a non-fatal duel, sorry. Oh, is it is it a fatal duel though? Yeah, this is the last fatal duel. There might be a non-fatal duel that happened after. Yeah, so I think probably, I reckon like, I'm going to go 1912, pretty much when the Titanic (laughs) 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 sunk. Well, Katie is the closest. It was 1833. Wow, after all that. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more info. It involves someone called Robert Leon and John Wilson, and it takes place in the town of Perth. Um, So where do you think we are? We could either be in Scotland or Australia, right? Go, Hannah. You're going to my Perths. (laughs) Neither. (laughs) Some would say I'm perfect. (laughs) Guys, I'm I'm just going to log out. This hasn't worked. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah. 
Neither of those is correct, I'm oh. afraid. Oh, Anna, there's Katie. another purr. There's another purse. Katie, what cartoon does this remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> D'Artagnan, I've already said. <laughs> Do you know any more uh, purse? Uh, no, I genuinely thought there was two purse and Hannah and me. Well, them. so did I. In fact, I probably only knew the one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are actually in Upper Canada. Oh, my in God. Region, which is now known as Ontario. Oh, so, yes. Bit of background. We've had a lot of people from Canada say do a Canadian crime. And this probably wasn't the one they had in mind, but it's what I chose. And now, <laughs> um, and now it's like, yeah, look, guys, we know nothing about Canada. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on in the time. So Canada at this time is still under British rule. <gasps> and it became self... <laughs> Never. <laughs> it became a self-governing dominion in 1867. Wow. 30-some so years after these events take place. Now, the town of Perth has an interesting social hierarchy happening, just to sort of set the scene. It was populated by a combination of military personnel who had fought in the War of 1812, and then immigrants who were from Scotland. Um so to put it in very blunt terms, all the military people were kind of regarded as like, these are the ones we respect. They're these wow. high ranking officers. Okay. The Scottish people mostly came from rural areas and they were kind of like, they're the everyman, right? Okay. They're sort of like the, the humble folk that have come over. Okay. But that is indeed why it's called Perth. Um, is it, it's so, called Perth because of the Scottish people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's like yeah, a lot of we've got these two parts of the town, a town divided, and we have two men who are from both sides of the town. I don't know how to put it, the different sides of the tracks. So we've got John Wilson. He's 23 years old and he's originally from Paisley in Scotland. So he's Scottish. He's Scottish. <laughs> Thank God you're here, Katie. And then you're welcome. <laughs> Oh, I when we do these, I cannot keep anyone straight, especially when they're just called like John. John Wilson, Scottish Paisley, underclass in this hierarchical Canadian society. Continue. Nice. Yes, John Katie. Wilson. Good summary. I told um, you I'd be good after my wee. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. <laughs> so his family had moved to Canada in 1823. They were humble country folk. So he's sort of our average John. Okay, I'm on his side. Um, Continue. <laughs> You might stay on that side, but let's see. Let's see. And then we've got Robert Leon, who's 20 years old. He is the son of also Scottish, but an officer in the British Army. Um, and he was described as a handsome athlete with aristocratic links. Wow. So two very different backgrounds. I mean, okay. if these um, are two like Tinder profiles, I know who I'm going for. 
Who are you going for, Hannah? It's Leon. Is he called Leon? You go for the officer, son. Yeah, damn right. Didn't you hear? Good looking. <laughs> Athletic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going for the salt So of the were air. they friends? Were they friends? They could be friends because actually they're both from Scotland and officer class and underclass might have had to mix if they're all in the army and it's mm. olden days. And it was maybe, was it a small town? Was Perth quite a small town in those days? So you might have known everyone. I think they were yeah. probably really, really good mates, actually. Maybe like oh. BFFs. Okay, I'm going to go with they fucking hated each other, just to be different. <laughs> they were BFFs. They oh, were very fuck. close friends. That's what yeah. I said first, and now Hannah wins. No, it's okay. You're both winners all the time, all day. Thank every you. fucking way. Um. They were indeed friends, and they are both law students who are wow. both studying under um, a prominent barrister. Okay, and now this is like better cool so. <laughs> it does have that feel. Um, what was the reason? Sorry, that was my dog. That was to her dog, not me. Just so you know. <laughs> sit, sit. Sit the fuck down, Taylor. Please, um, sit. Good dog. What was the reason for the duel? Oh, well, it could be anything. It could be one of them trash talk, the mother of the other one. It could mm. be... It's, it's going to be trash talk, right? It's going to be trash talk. I've seen Hamilton. Mm. I'm basing everything on Hamilton. That's fair. That's very fair. That's a really good guess. Trash talking. Were they like, if you're a law student, like it would be good if you got to make your own law. So they were like, let's have a really violent duel and then say, this should be against the law. This is horrible. Look at it. There's children watching. They had watching. to prove it first. There are women watching. This is, we've both got our penises out. This is awful. <laughs> and then suddenly it's law and it's like, Jonathan, what are their names? Yeah. Jonathan Wilson. John and Robert. John and Robert's law. Yeah. You're <laughs> spot on. Yeah, this really is the end of the case. <laughs> Well, the reason for the duel was actually a woman. Of course it was. Aww. Was it me? It was you, Hannah. It was you. <laughs> I'm actually a bit um, disappointed. Timeless Hannah George. <laughs> but is it a sexy um, lady befuddled them both? It, it pretty much is Katie Wilkins. Um, okay. Do you know a lot about that? Yes, because everyone's in love with me. <laughs> I think they actually are and you just don't know it. And that's why everybody loves you so much. Okay. The woman was a lit. It's bad to drink by yourself. I think that's what we're learning. Is this why they say don't drink alone? I mean, I'm enjoying it because you just said I was lovable. Sorry, continue. Yeah, it's fine. So the woman was Elizabeth Hughes. She was a school teacher from England and she was a bona fide hottie guys. Um, So who falls for her first? Our average my guy, my average dumb upper- guy falls first. He's pure okay. of heart. He falls first. He's the real. Okay. We should, as, as much as women are trophies, he should win that trophy. Yeah. And then Robert, I think, I think he saw that the other guy had something that he wanted and he was yeah. like, and yeah. He, boo, Robert, boo. He's the rich bad guy. Oh, you guys are clever detectives. That is spot yes. on. Yeah. You guys, we've all seen Braveheart. <laughs> So John Wilson falls madly in love with Elizabeth, but she does not reciprocate. He's so humiliated that he leaves town for a while, but he asks his mates, like, can you keep an eye on her and see what's going on? Oh, because women are property. Okay, now I don't like John Wilson anymore. Well, you know, it's 1833. Now I'm team whoever this whore is. (laughs) 
whoever team whoever this whore. I'm joking. I'm joking. You know what I mean. I know you are, but it's so great. (laughs) That's a t-shirt. Team whoever this whore is. Okay. (laughs) So enter a third party in this whole story. He's a smooth operator and a general troublemaker named Henri Lelivre. I'm just going to call him Henry because I don't want to do that every time. And that's and it was wrong. It's easier for us. Henry. Totally. My accent was atrocious. Yeah. So Henry is really good friends with Robert. He's like the bad boy in the story, right? And he's like, oh. come on, let's both oh my God. let's both go on a date with her. He's Stifler really. from American Pie. He is totally fucking Stifler. He is. I was literally thinking <laughs> this, which is kind of strange that we both thought that, but I love it. He is Stifler. Ugh, gross. Everyone's on board. <laughs> God. So they both go on a date with her, the two guys and Elizabeth. Now on this date, this triple date, Robert is seen to put his arm around Elizabeth in a quote, a position which no woman of spirit would permit. Word gets back to John Wilson, who's absolutely crushed. Who's spying on her. Sure. Yeah. So his mate's (laughs) like, yeah, you know that chick you want us to spy on? We saw her doing something. That's it. Continue. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, that's that's what this show is, is we talk, so it's fine. We love you, Katie. Um he writes a letter <laughs> he writes a letter to his friend saying that Robert should be confronted for his behavior, and Robert replies directly to him saying that it was all just a joke to make him jealous. Like, get a sense of humor, John. So John returns to Perth. A fight ensues between the two men. Robert punches John to the ground where blood pouring from his face, John begs him, can't we just work things out peacefully? Robert says no. So John challenges challenges him to crushing this. And now, thank you. Challenges him to a duel. That's really hard to say when you've had a bit of Sauvignon challenges him to a duel to maintain his dignity. Now, the duel is set for June 13th, 1833. It's a cold, wet morning on the outskirts of town on what is now known as South Street. I have no idea why I wrote that down. <laughs> Just in case there's anybody wants to go and visit South Street. If, if might, any listeners might. are on yeah, South Street in Perth, Ontario, let us know. So I'm going to ask a question. Who kills who in this duel? Well, it would be more scandalous if John kills Robert because John's lowly and Robert's important. So that would be more of a story. Also, I'm sort of like literally just up until about now, I think I've got jewels and jousting mixed up. So up to this point, I thought they would joust. I was like, but who would have like one of the long sticks? It's not that far back, is it? Oh, no, no it's it. pistols <laughs> at dawn. Mate, you've got to see Hamilton. They literally, they stand back to back. They pace forwards. They count to 10. They turn around and then they have to, whoever shoots each other the quickest. Right. One of so them is, dies. It, is it one of them? Because you'd be more like, I mean, does everybody have a gun in Canada? Canada feels like the oh, non-gunny yeah, mili- America. The military in eighteen thirty are gonna have guns, yeah. Well, but that's Robert, right? So it No, might- they both are, they're both in the military. One's the son of an officer and one's the son of a lowly guy. And oh, but all, the lowly guy in the military? They're all trained in combat and they all have guns. But it's a duel, well, so they we'll- definitely have guns. Yeah, they've got guns. I love that you thought it was jousting, though. I that just, that has made my day. 
I <laughs> because that is great. Canada is so polite. <laughs> yeah, they could just like. I think they should just do slaps. That would be better. Like, did you ever use like slaps? When you're or kid? just like really witty put downs in French. Energy. <laughs> yeah. What's your guess? What's your guess? Who kills who? Ooh, I think that unfortunately, I think that Robert might have killed John. Okay. Actually, that before would, that we would, reveal, that would still be a scandal because then it's like the officer's son killed this nice guy. Sorry, continue. Before we reveal who kills who, let's talk about dueling. I mean, you guys started to ask some questions about it. So, number one, it's not jousting; it's different. <laughs> now, dueling, even though it's illegal in a lot of places, including Canada, at this time, it still came with a really strict code. Um, so do, do either of you know, where was the dueling code established? America in Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> was it like the Wild West or something? Because I feel like it's that sort of got that sort of vibe You've to gotta it. You've got to have maybe. a doctor. He has to turn around. So he has plausible deniability and it rhymes in a way that I cannot do. And um, those are excellent, but very wrong guesses. Oh, no. It was Established in Ireland. <gasps> what? Really? Yes, this is really fun stuff. It was known as the Irish Code Duello. Wow. And it consisted of 25 rules. And originally I was going to read them all out, but they are confusing as fuck and they are so wordy. Like, I wish I could go through and edit and be like, no offense, guys, but you could take <laughs> them. But the, <laughs> it's crazy. It all has to do with who insults who first okay. and then what happens. It's an acceptable retort when you have to apologize. So it's about so much more than just turning and shooting. You know what, it's though? Crazy. When you consider what my aunt just did with her will, that makes sense that this is Irish rules. <laughs> Do you have to have a duel for who goes? No. But like the, so the, like the personal slighting and the rep- reprimanding, I literally, I have an auntie that just did this amazing thing. And I met with Guanya, who was a previous guest. and. I was telling her about it. And she went, is that the Irish side of the family? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I love that. No, I like it. Um, so rule 10 is the one that applies the most to this case. And it, it goes like this. Any insult to a lady under a gentleman's care or protection to be considered as, by one degree, a greater offense than if given to the gentleman personally and to be regulated accordingly. Like that is a shitty sentence. Yeah. I don't care what year it is. Yeah. But it's basically saying that insulting a woman is a greater offense than insulting your enemy As in the duel. In- insulting a woman owned by someone is a greater offense. But yes. Well, yes. They that wasn't even needed because it was understood. The other thing is that when men would duel, they'd often have what's known as a second. So this is yes, another that man in Hamilton, sorry. Jesus Christ you know this is kind of a sensitive area because we were going to go to Hamilton and now everything live has been cancelled it's okay I'm learning about it from you right Um, I'm going to stop my second. no it's okay it's hilarious that that's like the fourth (laughs) time it's come up Um, the second is the man who's there to help them follow the fucking codes basically so it's like somebody who's reading the map while they're trying to drive Um, so John has a friend Simon with him who do we think Robert picks him oh Robert will pick his mate the um oh what's the name of the mate the big dick mate he'll pick him Henry 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 
Spot on. So now we have this like upstart character who's there to sort of like control things, but he's not, he's not a great pick for it. So according to a surgeon on the scene, a first shot was fired by each man, but they both missed. At this point, both Robert and John wanted to reconcile and end the duel. But Henry, the hot headed friend insisted that Robert reload his gun. So if it hadn't been for Henry, this wouldn't have ended in any deaths. Oh my God. I hate it. You've got that one mate that always like just takes things too far. I always remember I was in a club once with this guy. It was a school reunion. He was quite frightening. And I always remember him saying like some bloke bumped into him and spilt his pint. And I was like, Oh, just, you know, just leave it. And he turned to me, took off his watch, handed it to me and just went, Oh, me watch. And I was like, Oh my God, he's just literally going to get into a huge fight now. And he doesn't want to break his watch. And he's done that enough times to go, Old me watch. And that oh to God. me, yeah, that to me was like, oh <laughs> shit, what is he about to do? And then eventually it didn't end in a fight and they just laughed it off. But um but yeah, wow. it's basically like having that guy with you who's kind of like do it's it. Having do it. that guy, probably a descendant of Henry, let's face it. Oh me watch. Oh, that's such a great line. <laughs> that's like oh the, my god. That's what the British stiffler would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Briffler. Um, so here's what happens, guys. They reload their guns. John sees Robert reloading his gun, so he scrambles to reload his. Robert levels his gun at John, but John fires first and hits Robert in the lungs, killing him instantly. Whoa. So who turns John into the authorities for this? Henry. Oh, it's what a little prick. It's, it's Stifler Henry. Is it Henry? It isn't. It's not Henry. Henry Elizabeth, Elizabeth, the lady. Oh, that's a good guess, too. Henry actually flees the country because he's like, oh, shit, look what I've caused. He flees the country and he's never seen again. He goes off to Stifler Town and makes a bunch of little Stiflers. Um, John turns himself in. He's so racked with guilt that he can't take it. So he turns himself in and the case goes to trial John acts as his own lawyer. No. Come on, John. Go, John. What's the verdict? Oh, I forgot that he has a law degree, though. So that's kind of like, okay. (laughs) Oh. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, I don't know how they felt about manslaughter in those days. So like guilty, but maybe accidental. I don't know. Do you think that if you were like a lawyer and you act as your own lawyer, what if you don't act as your own lawyer? That's sort of like, I mean, have some self-respect. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, oh my God, I can just imagine these female lawyers being like, oh, I don't think I could. <laughs> like, you need to- <laughs> um, oh, I hate like when surgeons don't operate on idea. themselves. <laughs> well, that's, that's genuinely illegal, but you can represent yourself. But that would be so yeah, sad. Look, there, were, bungee, there were loads of bungee. women going like, Oh, I'm legally qualified, but I just, I guess I shouldn't. Like, that would be so sad. Hannah George, what's your response? Um, I think, I mean, I guess he's found guilty because he's, okay. he's done it, but. Katie, yours was guilty? Um, Guilty, but like manslaughter and not like put to death. or A later charge. Yeah. Okay. So John's self-defense is so passionate and convincing about how all these events went down that he is acquitted. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're like, they're like, he just really loved this girl that he really fancied and spied on. Just let him go. 
And they make Elizabeth just go up to the stand like, don't speak, just look like yourself and they'll get it. Yeah, yeah. So what happens next for John? John gets married. Any idea who John marries? Is it Elizabeth? It's fucking Elizabeth. Oh, oh, mate. Mate. The woman who found him so boring and unattractive and it turned him down suddenly thinks he's kind of a hottie because he's talked himself out of a prison sentence and he's killed the guy who felt her up by shooting him through the lungs. I mean, who hasn't been there? You're like, I didn't like this guy, but then he shot a guy in the lungs and now it's like, phew. And also, didn't this guy just put his arm around her? He didn't actually do anything. I know, but in that day, I suppose that was a big old deal. She probably really fancied Robert. This is like this little stalker that's... Anyway, continue, sorry. This is a real fairy tale, isn't it? This is lovely. It is a bit. Listen, it gets better. John goes on to be a successful lawyer. They have a big family, a happy marriage, apparently. Eventually, he becomes a judge of the Superior Court, and he's elected to the Legislative Assembly of the Province of Canada. So it's happily ever after for the average Joe character. And the pistols from the duel are still on display in the museum in Perth, Ontario. So here's to one of the three towns of Perth, (laughs) as far as we know. (laughs) And the last fatal duel. Cheers. My drink is empty and I just feel sorry for Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the best she was going to do. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Drunk women solving crime. Okay, guys, listen to crime. Okay. This is great. This is from Iona on Gmail. Uh, This happened when I was about six years old. My mom woke up in the morning and went downstairs to the living room completely naked, as you do when your children are in the house. So I already already love this woman. (laughs) Um, She sat down on the sofa and noticed a man crouched behind the door smoking a cigarette. Her instant thought was that it was an old family friend who'd popped by to visit. They have such an interesting life. Like, I love, like, they have to be in Cornwall or something. Like, this is not London. This is, anyway. So she says, oh, hello, Glyn. Oh, no, there's a clue. That's Wales, isn't it? Hello, Glyn. Oh, Glyn, yeah. We're in Wales, right? That could be Wales. I love this. And Um, they're always naked in Wales. Always, in the morning. They're always nude. Oh, my gosh. This is why I don't go back that much. So much family naked. She then realizes that it's not Glenn when the man quickly ran out of the living room and shut the door. Mom, not willing to let the strange man escape, grabbed the other side of the door and tried to open it. A battle ensued and mom managed to prize the door open before tackling the strange man to the ground, still naked. Wow. She started shouting, robber, robber, at the top of her voice, but my three big brothers upstairs chose to ignore her shouts, assuming she was having epic sex with my dad, Robert. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I don't even care if that's not true, because it's so funny. Um, Eventually, my dad and brothers caught on and came downstairs, and the man was chased by four grown men in their boxers. So the police arrived, um, and the guy claimed that he thought it was his mate's house. Nothing had been stolen, and the only damage was a trail of cigarettes and a fridge knocked over in a bid to get away. We never found out why he was there. So I guess that's our question to answer. Why was this strange man smoking a cigarette in a house that wasn't his? That's a great question. I mean, there was, I mean, how, no, that's really rude. Um, But I'm just thinking, (laughs) I'm just thinking like, 
uh, I don't know because the difference between a guy's like a guy's mate's house and like a house that's obviously inhabited by like what four children and I mean how old were the kids at the time like because he'd probably walk in it there sounds and- like she sounds like the youngest if she's six and then the brothers are three older brothers oh because so. they sort of chased him out but I like the idea that they're yeah. like eight nine and ten and this guy is still <laughs> like oh, I'm gonna knock over this fridge to get away from these children I just love a world where a mother just doesn't give a shit and goes downstairs naked and then tackles a guy that is a nice image isn't it it's great it's great whether it's Glynn or not maybe it was Glynn and they didn't like Glynn it feels like somebody who's just like high and just comes into a house. Yes, yeah. Just because you do stuff you and then you have a cigarette. Genuine mistake. Maybe. I'm not sure. I think I think this is a quirky little possibly Welsh town. It's definitely west. I feel like we're west. <laughs> we're generally in that direction. This is where people keep their doors unlocked. This is a friendly little town where a woman can go downstairs naked. And this guy's just drunk or high and he's just wandered into the wrong house and had a smoke. That's what it feels like to me. That annoys me more is the fact that he was just smoking inside this person's house. Like, that's annoying. Isn't that awful? Mm. I know. Isn't that awful? He that's didn't what bothers me for an ashtray. I know. What a, that's so rude, isn't it? Oh, that would really bother me. I don't know if we've tackled this one. Kind of tackled itself with the three older brothers. Hmm. <laughs> It's hard. I really do. For some reason, I'm like not defending this guy because Katie, quite right. Ashtray was not asked for, was not used. Very rude. But I feel like it was just a, a confused man who wandered in a house. But Why I, was he crouching, I, though? That's a good question. I don't know. I'd, I've done that when I'm high. I just make myself very small. Crouching Welshman <laughs> naked mother. Have you crouched high in someone <laughs> else's house, though? Um, I don't think I need to answer that question. <laughs> my lawyer present. And my lawyer is John Wilson. Right, guys, this has been this has been really nice, actually. Just just the three of us. Yeah. Um, it's it's really hard not getting to grope your legs like I normally do, but maybe this is good for all of us <laughs> that I can't. So thanks. We've been the world. drunk women, <laughs> brave new world. And we'll be back next time with a special guest. So Ooh. thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. 